This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for January 8th, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. The message is by Mother Nancy Stanton. The um, lessons from today are a little confusing in some ways. They aren't really, but they are. So we're going to talk about the confusion. In the gospel, we are talking about John's baptism. And um, John baptized, and people confessed their sins. Now, this was not actually strange to the Jews, although the Jews were not used to being baptized themselves for the simple reason that um, those who descended from Abraham didn't believe they needed baptism. However, the Gentiles were baptized once they became Christians. And so they were used to seeing the Gentiles um, being baptized for centuries, there had been no prophets in Israel. No one. And all of a sudden, here shows up John. And we always talk about how he was dressed. You know, he was, um, he was dressed in camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. Well, the reason that they talk about that is because that's the way the prophets dressed. Um, it wasn't just John who dressed like that. Um, if you go back and you look in the Old Testament, there are other prophets who dressed exactly the same way. Elijah was one of them. And then he ate locusts and honey. Well, locusts, we think about eating bugs, yuck. But it was a sterile food. It was a clean food. And it had lots of protein. So that was something that they ate. And the honey also was a sterile food. And um, I've never had any desire to taste a locust. But I've been told, <laughs> I, like, I like that expression. <laughs> I've been told that um, they don't taste too bad. Have you tasted them? Well, tell us, what do they taste like? They're crunchy and they wiggle. Okay, but once you get over that, what's the taste? Don't tell me it tastes like chicken, yeah. <laughs> popcorn? Okay. Well, that wouldn't be too bad. We like popcorn, most of us. So it wouldn't be such a horrible thing to be eating. But um, if you think about the desert... There wasn't a whole lot of food there that they had to choose from. You know, they could find some dates and some fruits and that sort of thing, but they needed protein, too. They didn't know they needed protein, but they did. And the locusts would give them the protein that they needed. So John is not unusual as far as the way he dressed or what he ate 
what he was unusual about was what he said. And he was telling everybody that they had to repent to deliberately turn away from sin. And the Jews weren't used to hearing that. They thought because they were Jews, because they were sons of Abraham, that they were okay. God thought they were just fine. And they needed to have that forgiveness of sin. We all need to have that forgiveness of sin. Um, I asked a bishop one time how long he thought we were in a state of grace after we took communion. Um, he said about a minute, minute and a half, before our minds click into something that they shouldn't necessarily be thinking about, like, boy, that's an ugly dress she has on. Or why doesn't he wear something other than that? Or he needs to get his hair cut. Or, you know, our minds just click in the wrong directions. So as far as repenting of our sins, we need to do this all the time. It's not something that we can do one year and forget about for six or seven years and then come back and do it again. I, quite honestly, if I did that, I could never remember all the sins I had done. I find that at night, before I go to sleep, I try to remember, okay, Lord, show me what I did during the day that I shouldn't have done. Show me what I thought. Show me the way I acted that I shouldn't have acted. And, and I find that, unfortunately, he does. And it's a time that I can think about those things and I can confess my sins. The baptism that they were given then was for the repentance of sins. And um, so when we get to Acts, and we're reading what it says in Acts, um, we have this come up with the question that um, he's asked, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? And he said, no. Um, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? Has anybody in here not heard that there is a Holy Spirit? You don't need to raise your hands, but does anybody not really sure what the Holy Spirit is? Many Christians go to church for years and years and years and years and are not sure about what that Holy Spirit is. And the Holy Spirit is that part of the Trinity that points to Jesus, that points to Jesus' ministry, that points to how we are to follow his ministry. And how do we know that it's the Holy Spirit? Well, we hear it, we feel it, sometimes we even smell it. Different people have different ideas of how they can set up something to be in that prayer time, that quiet time, 
that they can spend and understand and hear what God is telling them. Um, I'm a very visual person, and I use a picture of Jesus that I have. And I just recently changed the picture of Jesus that I had to the one that that young eight-year-old girl painted. It's incredible. The first time I saw it, the tears just started coming out of my eyes. And I don't know if you've read the book. Um, I always get the title wrong. Heaven is Real. In Heaven is Real, this little boy has been very ill, and his father is a minister. And when he comes back and he's well, he starts talking every once in a while about what he experienced during the time that he was in heaven. And to make, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but it's one that if you haven't read it, don't walk, run out and buy the book. It's wonderful. But as he gets older, they show him pictures of Jesus, and he says, no, that's not what he looked like. No, that's not what he looked like. And this little girl who has visions of things that are from God and from Jesus painted a picture of Jesus when she was eight years old that is the most incredible picture you've ever seen. It's better than any Rembrandt I've ever seen. At any rate, his dad showed him that picture, and he said, yeah, that's him. That's what he looks like. So apparently, she had seen Jesus, and she was able to capture exactly what he looked like as far as, as this young man is concerned. And I've been using that picture. I always like to use candles, too. Not the big, tall candles like we have here, but little short candles that have an odor. And one of the odors that I like is frankincense. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. But it's a good odor to, to bring the Holy Spirit to you and to bring God to you. Um, in Acts, they have then a lane on of hands. And they receive the Holy Spirit. Paul places his hands on him, on them. And after that happened, some of them started speaking in tongues and some of them started doing prophecies. And there were different things that, that they started doing that um, they hadn't done before. And of course, those are some of the manifestations or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are a list of them, and one is not better than the other. Unfortunately, in some Protestant churches, we hear that, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not. And um, that's not true. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are many, and each of us can have different gifts and manifestations of that. When we were um, taken into the church, when we went through confirmation, the bishop put his hands on our head, as Paul did, 
to these people in Corinth. And um, when he did that, he said, receive the Holy Spirit that you may grow. And we believe that we have already received the Holy Spirit in baptism. But then when we are confirmed that it helps us to grow in that Holy Spirit, to grow in the understanding of God. Now, how do we know that we have received the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And that's something that some people have no problems doing that, and other people have a very hard time doing it. I personally believe that speaking to God is like speaking to my best friend. If I'm talking to God, I can be praying to him, but I don't need to use the these and the thous and all of that. I can talk to him like I talk to Brenda. I can just speak to him. And sometimes it's, God, I just don't understand what's going on. Could you please explain this to me? And I find that as the course of time comes up, I get those answers. It may be something that comes right away, and it may be something that doesn't come for a while, because as we all know, God's time is not our time. It just isn't. But I can also go back to him, and if I really need to have that answer for some reason, I can go back and say, Lord, it's been a long time, and I really need to know this. I also find that sometimes when I'm least expecting it, I get this tap on the shoulder, and all of a sudden he's telling me something in a time that's sort of out of context. It's not within the context of what I expect, but have any of you felt that where you just, you're doing something totally different and all of a sudden God's telling you, this is what is going on with this. And you're like, whoa, where did this come from? It's out of the blue. But it's always the right time. God's time is always, always the right time. Now, we have found that in the Episcopal Church, which most of us came out of, um, that we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. It was uh, a big joke in the Episcopal Church that it was the... And that's about what you heard about it. However, if you just pick up your prayer books for a minute, turn to page 355... The very first line you hear is, Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then as you go on, it goes on and tells you, in the prayer, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. And then we go on, (coughs) excuse me, And after the sermon, we talk about the Nicene Creed, and we say the Nicene Creed. And in that, as you come down to the last 
little clump of words there, the last paragraph, says, we believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. Well, you remember these people prophesied once they had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very familiar throughout the whole service that we are doing this morning. And yet, again, many people haven't heard much about the Holy Spirit or aren't that familiar with him. And many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember when my oldest daughter and son-in-law left the Episcopal Church and they went to a charismatic church. And I thought, well, I want to know what's going on with this church. And so I went with them on a Sunday. And uh, I wasn't sure what I thought when I left there. It was craziness. A lot of jumping around and a lot of yelling and a lot of um, things that certainly in our quiet Episcopal Anglican service we're not used to. And, uh, of course, raising of hands, and this was back in the 70s. And um, in the Episcopal Church, you would never raise your hands in the 70s. Um, that was just never done. And instead of raising my hands, I kind of turned them over and opened them, and my daughter's nudging me, get your antenna up, Mom, get your antenna up. And it was like, yeah, okay, they're up. They're up about as far as they're going to go. And she kept saying, but you can hear God if you put them up. It frees you to hear God. It frees you to hear the Holy Spirit. It frees you to worship. I thought, yeah, right. I'm not sure it frees me to do anything except scare me to death. However, as time went on and I began to know the Holy Spirit and began to be familiarized with him. It was an interesting situation. I um, had a piano student whose mother was a devout Roman Catholic and very charismatic. And we went out to dinner one evening and we got to talking. And she was talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit had come into her life and what it had done for her and to her. And she said, if you want to know more about it, come on out to my house and we can talk some more. 